Hello and welcome to the Wittenberg Door, a weekly broadcast that examines what Lutheran Christians believe about God, the world, and us. I'm Pastor Brett Cornelius of Gethsemane Lutheran Church, and I invite you to join us for the next hour. And later, we will take questions at 740-383-9944, that's 740-383-WWGH, or on Facebook at the Wittenberg Door, where you can submit your questions live. Please join us now on the Wittenberg Door. Good morning, everybody. This is Pastor Brett Cornelius at Gethsemane Lutheran Church. We welcome you to another episode of the Wittenberg Door. Glad you joined us. Hope you'll uh, be with us for the rest remainder of the hour. Uh, with me today, as always, is Lee Hall. How are you doing, Lee? Good morning. And Sean is... Flying the ship, uh, the <laughs> airship. <Yeah. laughs> Flying through the rain today. Yeah, yeah, yeah going yeah. through the rain. Uh, hopefully we won't strike any lightning here. That's right. <laughs> of course, we want to strike lightning. We want to catch lightning in a bottle, right? Take off with this program. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Okay, well, we'll see if we can do that. Uh, well, folks, um, this Sunday coming up is uh, Cantata Sunday. It's the fifth Sunday in Easter. Uh You've heard me say several times, if you listen to the program regularly, that Easter is not just a, a day in the church calendar, it's a season. And there are different aspects to the Easter story. There's different um, themes that emerge from the resurrection of Jesus. And so the church, uh, liturgical churches, lection, churches that are based on a lectionary, a historic lectionary like ours, uh, they... They explore those themes in, in this season and what the, what the resurrection of Jesus means. So, um, you know, if we go back and we think about the resurrection of Jesus is uh, Easter Sunday, which is the first, you know, the first uh, everybody celebrate, almost all churches celebrate Easter Sunday. Uh, even those uh, Reformed tradition, uh, it, those in the Reformed tradition that originally, you know, three or four hundred years ago, had had so dismissed the church calendar that they didn't celebrate Christmas or Easter like the Puritans. Even even the churches in the Puritan tradition, for instance, have have embraced major holidays, Christmas and Easter. Well, so on Easter Easter Sunday, we think about the resurrection of Jesus. We just think about the fact that He's risen, and that it it it's a it's a reality. It's a uh, it's uh, we we think about the you know the empty tomb and and the uh, you know the kind of the shocked uh, people who are going from running from place to place and and we think about what that really means um, to have Jesus risen as a fact. Well, then the second Sunday after Easter is um, Quasimodo Genity, right? Uh, which is uh, Latin, That's a big word. A Latin name meaning like uh, like newborn babes, right? Yeah. And in, in the Victor Hugo novel, the uh, Quasimodo was the babe. The bishop named him the babe, and uh, so we are like. And it's taken from First uh, Peter. We are like newborn babes, like newborn babes long for the pure milk of the word. And on the second Sunday of Easter, we talk about the. That the resurrection of Jesus means that we have forgiveness of sins. And uh, we have that comfort and hope that comes with the forgiveness of sins. Well, uh, the third Sunday of Jesus, of course, is uh, 
uh, Good Shepherd Sunday for, for us is Good Shepherd Sunday. Uh, Misericordia, Misericordia Domini. Domini. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, and all these come from the actual lectionary itself. And just really cool Latin names. I like. I just like saying the names. Uh, but it it talks about having a risen Savior. You know, uh, all, all world leaders, re- the really good ones, you know, the ones that you don't want to lose. Um, when they pass away, you realize that... that they can't lead you forever, right? Uh, even the good, even the good kings of, of, of ancient history, King David or for instance, Israel, experienced this. King David only lasted for so long, and then King Solomon, of course, came along. But King Solomon was—he uh, was not permanent either in his faith or in his life. Um, and then they had a series of sometimes good kings and sometimes bad kings. The good kings didn't last. The bad kings didn't last. Nobody lasts. But we have a king who lasts because this king is not, he has died for us, gone into the fray, but he's also risen from the dead so that he lives forever to save us and to rescue us. And, uh, and that's the comfort we have on Misericordius, the goodness of the Lord, Misericordius Domini Sunday. And then uh, last week was Rogad, uh, no, I'm sorry. Uh, last week was Jubilati Sunday, which means joy. Uh, Jesus said to his disciples at the Last Supper that when you, for a little while, you won't see me and, and you will have sorrow and the world will rejoice, but then again you will see me and no one will take your joy away. So that Jubilati Sunday means that we have a joy uh, as Christians that can't be taken away because we know now what the future holds for us. We know that it holds new life, resurrection, and eternal life. Um, my family uh, lost a couple people in the, in the past week. Uh, my, uh, my cousin lost her husband of... Uh, 40 years and so very 40 40 year, years or so and um, died suddenly and in the mid you know in the midst of all that shock and and uh, mourning uh, there's a, a a sense of hope and a, a sense of joy that we know this is not the end when and as a matter of fact, the, the funerals today, when they when they go to the cemetery and they they lay the body to rest, um, they can do it in hope of the coming resurrection. And that's what the resurrection of Jesus means. Now, so kind of recapping East, the Easter season. And today, or I'm sorry, this Sunday is Cantati Sunday. Now, what does Cantati mean? Sing. Sing, right. Uh, you know, you, you ever heard uh, a cantata is, a, you know, a, a singing concert, right? And uh, so uh, what, it, what it means for us as Christians, the resurrection, what it means for us is that we can, we have something to sing about. We have something to be joyful about. Um, and that is, that is that, that Jesus is risen, you know. And that by the way, the resurrection of Jesus puts everything in perspective. It puts his death in perspective. It puts our sin in perspective. It puts our death in perspective. Uh, 
because he's risen and it, the world has changed. And the joy of that <coughs> makes us, you know, when you're happy, what do you do? You sing, right? Everybody, everybody when they're happy, they sing. Why do you, know, you go to a bar or something, right? And everybody's drinking. Well, what comes next? <laughs> the singing. Yep. You know? Karaoke. Yeah, karaoke. <laughs> or you got, uh, you know, somebody puts a song on the jukebox and... <laughs> And if everybody's happy, they start singing the whatever song they like, and yeah. that's that's what that's what uh, the resurrection of Jesus does. It it gives us something to sing about, and uh, because we're joyful. All right, so we have uh, three lessons for uh, Cantati Sunday, and uh, the first lesson is uh, tell tell us what the first lesson is, Lee. This is from Isaiah twelve, which uh, is a kind of a short chapter, so it's the entire chapter. Okay. And uh, there's a little caption in the English Standard Version that says, the Lord is my strength and my song, which is actually a part that's taken out of it. Yeah. So this is the English Standard Version, uh, beginning at verse 1 of Isaiah 12. You will say in that day, I will give thanks to you, O Lord, for though you are angry with me, your anger turned away, that you may, you might comfort me. Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust, and I will not be afraid. For the Lord God is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. With joy you will draw water from the wells of salvation, and you will say in that day, Give thanks to the Lord, call upon his name, make known his deeds among the peoples, proclaim the his name is exalted. Sing praises to the Lord, for he has done gloriously. Let this be known in all the earth. Shout and sing for joy, O inhabitant of Zion, for great in your midst is the Holy One of Israel. Yeah. And this is the word of the Lord. And thanks be to God. And so what uh, what word in this in this section, what word keeps popping up, Lee? Sing. Sing. Shout. Yeah, like four or five times, you know, it, uh, the uh, Isaiah is encouraging us to sing. Now, um, of course, uh, what is it that we're singing about? We're singing about, um, uh, Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and will not be afraid. For the Lord my God is my strength and my song. He also has become my salvation. Uh, the Lord my God is my strength and my song. And that's a mouthful right there, isn't it? The Lord my God is my strength and my song. What do we What do we mean, Lee, when we say that the Lord is our song? He's He is our not, He's our song. What does that mean for us practically? Well, he brings He brings joy into our hearts. Yeah. Um, let's contrast that with songs that are about the world, uh-huh. for example, songs right. about drinking or songs about. You know, love yeah. between people. Yeah. Uh, these things are temporary. These things are subject to uh, the circumstances. Yeah. Uh, we wouldn't be uh, singing about being in love with someone if there was nobody that we were in love with. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, 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 it needs to have a subject, an right. object. Right. And, and in this case, uh, we have the great joy. Uh, because of what Jesus has done, of having an eternal 
lover of uh-huh. having an eternal source of joy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And and so he is our song. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I like what you said about the subject and object. A, a song has to have a subject and an object. So when we Christians, when we sing uh, in in the joy that uh, the, the resurrection provides, uh, what is the subject of our songs? Uh, the, our future state. Yeah. Uh, in Christ. Here, here he says. Um, the Lord my God is my strength and my song, right? Uh, for instance, here, let me just give you a little bite from uh, one of our hymns. And this is uh, a hymn that Martin Luther wrote. It's called uh, Christ Jesus Lay in Death Strong Bands. And I'm trying to read this uh, on, a, on a very small uh, device here. Christ Jesus lay in death strong bands for our offenses given but now at God's right hand he stands and brings, uh, brings us life from heaven. Therefore, let us joyful be and sing to God right thankfully loud songs of Alleluia, Alleluia. Um, let me give you another one here. No son of man could conquer death. Such, uh, such ruin sin had wrought us. No uh, innocence we found on earth. And therefore death had brought us in, in, into, into bondage from of old. And, uh, boy, this is really a t- little tough to read. And overgrew more strong, ever grew more strong and bold, and held us as its captive. Hallelujah. But, here we go again. Christ Jesus, God's own son, came down. Uh, his people uh, to deliver. Destroying sin, he took the crown from death's pale uh, grasp, uh, excuse me, uh, from death's death's pale brow forever, stripped of power, no more it reigns, and empty empty and alone remains, its sting is lost forever. So, um, Lee, if you look overall, what we see, uh, here, here our true Paschal Lamb we see, whom God so freely gave us. He died on the accursed tree, so uh, accursed tree, so strong His love to save us. See His blood now marks our door. Faith paints to, uh, faith points to it. Death passes o'er, and Satan cannot harm us. Alleluia. So, um, uh, oh, here one, it just it keeps going. So let us keep the uh, festival to which our Lord invites us. Christ is himself, the joy of all, the sun that warms and lights us. Now his grace to us imparts eternal sunshine to our hearts. The night of sin is ended. Hallelujah. So if you had to uh, summarize each of those stanzas, what are, what are those stanzas really about? Well, it, uh, it's pointing to the Passover. Uh-huh. Uh, where the where the Israelites were saved, but the Egyptians were destroyed. Yeah, and it, it, yeah, ver- stanza six, five of them. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, and the reference there is to is to Christ as being our our sacrifice. Christ, that's right. Yeah, so I mean, it begins with Christ, right? Christ Jesus lay in death strong bands for our offenses given. So, if you said it, what is the substance of that song? The substance of that song is Christ Jesus and his deliverance for us, right? Right. And so you see, you talk about subject and object. 
The subject is Christ. The object is us, right? You know how a subject, verb, object, and grammar. You have a subject, verb, object. Well, uh, the subject is Christ, and then he does something. He rose from the dead. He's For our offenses, he's given, right? And... Um, um, and 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 then it's you know the it, the benefit that comes to us right so we're the, either the object or direct uh, indirect object uh, but the the substance of the song uh, there and it's true of of all these songs it really is true of all good Christian hymnody the subject is Jesus the subject is the salvation that Jesus has worked for us right. And, uh, and this is the difference, I think, between kind of the classic uh, Lutheran hymnody of the past and, and the new hymnody of the contemporary, right? And it's, boy, it's just such a marked contrast that the shift in, in the newer, I don't even know if you really call it hymnody, contemporary Christian music or you know, uh, contemporary song, contemporary worship music, right? It's what it's called now. It's worship. It's a song, song you sing in church. It, but it's not quite a hymn. It's uh, it's just something. It's, it's a spiritual song. It's a spiritual I, song. You know, without without but, painting with a broad brush. Yeah. The 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 point is that uh, I think is that there are emotions that are stirred up in us by our music, no matter what our music is. Yeah. Our, our, Music is a reflection of our, of our what comes out of our soul. Sure. And in some cases, it's a it's about praise, and and thanksgiving. Yeah. Uh, at at a certain level, but at a but at a different level, that that thing that comes from deep inside of us that that recognizes our suffering, the suffering that we deserve, uh-huh. and and the joy that comes from realizing that Christ has interceded on our behalf it's it's a of a more reverent sort it's a less boisterous uh not the kind of thing that you would sing in a bar yeah (laughs) whereas you know the the other stuff is more or less entertainment you know you can sit back and listen to it well um i i i think that there's there's even more to it than that uh because there there are a lot of songs that we sing uh, Jesus Christ is risen today, Hallelujah. Which is the one hymn that if right. you don't, so you, so you can't paint with a broad brush. There's yeah, a, there's a very wide spectrum of different expressions. But, but uh, the the point I'm trying to make is that um, I'm trying to get back to my trying to get back to my uh, bookmark here. Uh, the point I'm trying to make is. We have we we have hymns that are uh, boisterous and and uh, moving. Christ Jesus lay in death strong bands is a uh, you know it's a, it's a different kind. It's a German hymn. It's boisterous for the Germans, I guess. Um, uh, Luther hymn, a medieval hymn. But I think you're getting a call. Oh, okay. Uh, caller, hang on just a second. Let me make this point, and then we'll uh, we'll get to you. Uh, can you hang on for a second? Oh, okay. Sorry. Uh, all right. Well, we we will uh, uh, remind people about the calling in a second. Uh, let me just say this about about the hymnody. Is is the what whatever you call it, whether it's a spiritual song or or a hymn, or whether it's um, 
boisterous or it's you know maybe slow or moving the question becomes is the subject of the song what is the subject of the song is the subject of the song us right, right. and uh, in in my experience in kind of a contemporary worship setting the subjects of the song are often us and our love for Jesus or our love for God. Sometimes. Uh, yeah, our activity. That, I'm not saying, of course, you can't, you know, but I would say <laughs> characteristically, that's what the songs were about. My experience in the in contemporary worship Yeah, music. whenever Christian people are singing about Christian people, their interest is misplaced. Yeah, yeah. And it's what's so great about, uh, you know, kind of the classic hymns. And, and by the way, the, the old doesn't necessarily mean good. Uh, let me give you an example. I walk in the garden alone while the dew is still on the How roses. I didn't know you were going to pick on that one. <laughs> <laughs> and... Uh, um, how, how does that go? Yeah, and, and but, but, but your point is that the, the, the feeling is about me and not about Christ. Yes, and, and it's about our experience, uh, this, this uh, um, religious experience that we're having, right? And that's what In the Garden is all about. Now, that's, a, that's now, people... Okay, let's, let's take this to a little bit different level because it drives me absolutely crazy to, pe- to hear people talking about the power of prayer yeah they and this i think falls into exactly the same category as the as the value of music yeah the the value of music and the power of prayer if it's all about us yeah is totally worthless yeah the thing about prayer and the thing about song is that it has to be fixed on christ yeah otherwise we're it's just waste that's exactly we're building on sand that's exactly right, and, that, and, and the the point I was going to make, uh, you know, in in um, one of the contemporary worship songs, we are the army of God, sons of Abraham. We are a chosen generation, uh, uh, filled with the Holy Spirit, and it's talking about oh, the, 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 the content. The content of the song is all about us, right? Whereas, you know, uh, what Isaiah is saying here is the Lord my God is my strength and my song. The Lord my God is my song. God, what, who God is and what he's done, that's what our song is about. I, I, I know some people who particularly appreciate the music of the Beatles. Right. Which is nothing about God. Yeah. Which, which is all about feelings. Yeah. And there's, and there's nothing wrong with that. But we can't recognize that as being a hymn. It's it's a waste of effort in a certain sense. Yeah, and and it could be a distraction if that's all that we go to church for is to hear music that makes us feel good. Then we've you know we've we've totally wasted our opportunity to connect with God in His Word to hear what He's done for us. Right. And and so I'm agree- I'm I'm agreeing with you that it can be a deceptive device. It can be something that that's, uh, impedes or, or causes a distraction. And when it's used that way, that's that's absolutely an abuse. But there's nothing wrong in it of itself. Well, yeah. Uh, look, if somebody if somebody in in the, in the absence of a of a worship setting, for instance, is going around there singing some of these songs. 
of course, you know, you could be singing a Beatles song. And there's nothing wrong with that, right? There you go. Uh, but, so it's not, it's not that the, it's not, I'm not saying that, by the way, that contemporary worship music is somehow wrong. I'm just saying that... It, it only is if we misuse it. I'm just, well, listen, I'm just saying that it's, it's not, by and, by and large, I think you'll find that it's not about Christ. It's not about the salvation that God brings. It's often about our own feelings and, uh, and, and our experiences. And, uh, and, 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 you know, look, if, if we sing a song, I love you, Jesus, I love you, Jesus, I love you, Jesus, I love you always, right? Now, what is it? At first, it sounds like it's a Christian song, right? Because why? Because we say Jesus a lot in it. But yeah. really, what yeah, is that? But what the is sub, the, the subject? Is I? Yeah, but what the song is about is about us, and it's about our love for God, rather than something God has done objectively for us, right? Yeah, amen. And uh, and so when Isaiah says here, "The Lord my God is my strength and my song," and this is I, if this is all we get to, this is fine. Uh, the Lord my God is my strength and my song. He also has become my salvation. When when Christians sing now. We have something to sing about. We have the saving acts of God that come to us in Christ Jesus, in his incarnation, in his uh, death and resurrection. The saving acts of God have come to us. And this is what Isaiah is talking about. Uh, Isaiah, you know, think about Isaiah when he, when he writes these things. He's not just writing about uh, something that's happening in his time. He's how does he begin chapter 12? He says, you will say in that day, right? But what day are we talking about? It's a, it's a day that, that Isaiah predicts is coming, right? The new age that began. The new age, that's right. It's the new age that begins when Jesus rises from the dead. And he says, you will say in that day, I will give thanks to the Lord. So already... Isaiah is pointing to something ahead for the people of God. And he's pointing to, the, already pointing to the saving acts of, of God. Behold, God is my salvation. And, um, and then he says here, give thanks to the Lord, call on his name. This is verse 3. Uh, Make known his deeds among the peoples. Proclaim that his name ex- is exalted. And good hymnody, good worship music is always about God's deeds among the people. And that's how, you know, it, it, it doesn't, you know, uh, to say, I praise him, I praise him, I praise him. It's not, you're not really saying much to praise God. You're really saying something to praise yourself. And, uh, and so what does it mean to, to praise God? It means to extol what God has done. And so when you start talking about the saving acts of God, you are praising him, even if you never use the word praise. Right? And this is, that, it's very important. So sing to the Lord, for he has done gloriously. Let this be made known in all the earth. What is it that's supposed to be made known in all the earth? The things that God has done. Right? That's what we make. So the content of our song is God and his saving acts. And that is a joyful song. So sing, uh, sing uh, shout and, and sing for joy, O inhabitant of Zion. For great in your midst is the Holy One of Israel. And folks, this is what's so great about the song of Easter. Is that we're not saying that Jesus is somewhere out there. 
right? When Jesus rose from the dead, the first time that his disciples saw him was, was where? The disciples as a group. Where did they see him? In the inner room. Yeah, in, in the upper room on the, on the night that he rose from the dead, on that, on that same night, on the evening of that day, he rose from the dead. So he appears to them and he, and he says to them, peace be with you. He brings his peace to them. And he tells them about the the uh, the power of absolution. He has them. He he uh, shows them his hands and his side, right? And he presents himself to them. And when Isaiah says, "Great in your midst is the Holy One of Israel," what that means is that God comes in the midst of it, just as He came in the midst of His people on that Easter evening. Wherever God's people are gathered, great in your midst is the Holy One of Israel. Great in your midst is the one who died and rose again for you. And this is where, uh, and this is where really, uh, among Protestants, Lutheran, Lutherans, I think, uh, no offense to all the other Protestants out there, but they just don't get this. Right? Because in some way, uh, most Christian, most Protestant churches are worshiping an absent Savior. They may say, well, he's there. They know he's there spiritually. God is everywhere, right? But when we gather together around the table of Christ, and, and, we, and he is physically among us, his body and blood, we can actually say, great in our midst is the Holy One of Israel. And, uh, and that's because we have a risen Savior. So it's not just the Easter songs that extol the virtue of Christ. It's all the hymnody. Uh, it's the Christmas hymn. It's the Advent hymnody, which looks forward to the coming of Jesus. Right? It's the, uh, it's the communion hymnody, in which we, we talk about the, the flesh and blood of Christ that comes to us for the forgiveness of sins. Uh, the whole hymnal, really, ideally, should be about Christ and, and about God and his salvation. Just as Amen. Isaiah says. Anything else right? is a distraction. Anything else is a distraction. That's right. So, speaking of distractions, we got distracted a little bit. That's fine. Uh, okay. Well, let's move on. Let's read the, uh, let's read the uh, epistle lesson first, right. for Sunday. Epistle means letter. So the, the, this is the epistle from James to the church. Uh, English Standard Version, beginning at uh, chapter 1, verse 16 through 21. Uh, Do not be deceived, my beloved brothers. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or or shadow due to change. Of his own will he brought brought us forth by the word of truth that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. Know that, knowing this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger, for the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness, and receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. This is the word of the Lord. And thanks be to God. Now, on the surface, it might seem like these these two 
lessons are unrelated. But in fact, they, they have a, a real, uh, there's a solid relationship between these two because one tells us about what our song is. Behold, God is my salvation, right? And the substance, the substance of our singing is the things that we are to, to make known among the peoples. God's saving deeds, right? And these saving deeds, you know, uh, when hymnody is about uh, what God has done for us in Christ, it is the word of God that James here is telling us about. And James says something really important here. He says, uh, of his own will he brought us forth by the word of truth. What does he mean by that? He means the gospel, we are brought forth by the gospel. Now this is, this is kind of birth language, right, to be brought forth. But it's also, and in Christ, it's also resurrection language, right? Because we were dead in sin. And so for God to bring us forth means uh, it's a rebirth. It's the new birth that, that Christ talks about. And how does that new birth uh, happen? How does it get accomplished? What well, happens through the speaking of the word? It happens by making known God's deeds among the people, right? So that the word here, he says, and in verse 21, he says, Therefore put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. See, this, this word, uh, this, this message about what God has done for us in Christ is, is like, um, it's like seed, right? And you know what happens when you, when seed, seed seems like this dead object. You put it in the ground and it, you know, de it decays. And when it decays, something wonderful happens. It springs forth into new life, right? And, uh, and uh, the message of Christ is like seed, which when it is sown not into the earth, but when it's sown into us, and it's sown into our ears, right? It has a power which is able to save us. And that, folks, is why you go and hear the word. That's why you, that's why you go to church. That's why you listen to preaching. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of Christ. Um, the, the saddest lie of all is to think that you've heard it all. Yeah. Yeah, because uh, there's always some new aspect that you, you didn't grasp before. I'm, and I've been preaching for... Well, I've, been, I've been reading my... As a Christian, uh, I've been, uh, you might say, a student of the Bible from the early 80s, right? And as a preacher... I've been preaching for what, 12 years, uh, ordained past 12 years, right? Um, and uh, now, whenever I come to the text and I think about what the text is saying, something new always emerges because the Word of God is like that. It's living, it's active, and it's meeting me where I'm at. Uh, but more importantly, what is, again, you know, it says you come to the Bible or you, you know, come to listen to preaching. Well, what is the, con just like we think about the song, you know, our song is about God and his saving work in Christ. What is the content of preaching? Well, listen, if the content of preaching isn't the death and resurrection of Jesus, and, and, if, and if every text that we come across 
doesn't lead to that or point to that, um, then we uh, then we have uh, we have a problem with our preaching. Well, furthermore, if we're looking for exciting new teachings that aren't about Christ, yeah, then we're we're doing something worse than losing the opportunity. We're actually misleading people. Yeah, but it's not the it's not the word that saves. That that you know the. Uh, if a if a pastor is doing a, a, a five sermon series on uh, how to be a good parent, right? Mm-hmm. Well, you can learn to be a good parent a lot of ways. Uh, you don't necessarily come to church for that. There's something special, something different about the preaching of the word that happens in in the church, and it has to be about making known his deeds among the people. And so I heard once uh, heard another pastor say, and I've, I've always this has always kind of uh, stuck with me. It really helped me, even after I became a pastor, it really helped me crystallize uh, what my job as a pastor was. And he said, um, unless Jesus dies and rises again in your, resurre- in your, in your, in your preaching, uh, you haven't preached the gospel, right? And so, you know, look, oftentimes in, in, uh, in, in the text of Scripture, and I think this is kind of what sometimes what drives people away. Oftentimes in the text of Scripture, what you have is kind of a, uh, uh, you know, like a, an exhortation, to, like the, in the in our text here in the in the epistle lesson, to stop doing what we're doing, right? Um, or to uh, or, or or it tells us about something we've done that's wrong, and uh, <laughs> um, and so. Unless we understand that our sin, in a passage about our sin, in the context of the death and resurrection of Jesus, it doesn't seem to be much help to us, right? But it's when the Lord our God is our strength and our song, and the content of our preaching, and the content of our understanding of what God's word is, that it becomes a wonderful saving message, right? Well, let's, uh, we got a few more minutes. Let's read the gospel lesson before right, we go. This is the gospel of John beginning at uh, verse at uh, chapter 16 verses 5 through 15 this is Jesus speaking in the upper room but now I am going to him who sent me and none of you ask me where are you going but because I have said these things to you sorrow has filled your heart nevertheless I tell you the truth it is to your advantage that I go away for if I do not go away the helper will not come to you But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Concerning sin, because they do not believe in me. Concerning righteousness, because I go to the Father, and you will see me no longer. Concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. For he will not speak of his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All the Father has is mine. Therefore, I said that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. And this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Okay, here again, um, 
a couple things we see from the gospel lesson. Of course, uh, this gospel lesson addresses the giving of the Holy Spirit, which becomes so important in 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 the New Testament. Uh, it, it is a it is a uh, you know we we speak about the Holy Spirit in the Creed. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body. So we we talk about the work of the Spirit and what the Spirit does. Uh, uh, he creates the church. Uh, well, how does he create the church? Well, he creates the church through this message that he brings. You know, Jesus is telling his disciples here that they're not really going to understand. He says, the things, I'm gonna, the things that are about to happen, he says, you're not ready to hear and understand about them now. right? And, it, and, and this proves true, of course, when he is uh, taken and, and arrested, when he's crucified, and in the grave, they're hiding. They don't understand what's happening. It's only in the resurrection of Jesus that they begin to understand, you know, that, that there's some perspective to that whole tragedy of Jesus' crucifixion and death and burial. Um, but now, but, you know, post that, now Jesus, uh, what's, the, what's one of the things that Jesus does on the night that he appears to his disciples? He breathes on them and says, receive the Holy Spirit, Right? So it's in, in, the, in the resurrection now that they can begin to understand what the word, you know, referring back to James' language, what this word preached is all about. Receive the word implanted, which is able souls. They can understand now because, because it's in the resurrected Christ who gives us the Holy Spirit that the saving work of God becomes known to us, Right? So the Holy Spirit comes, he convicts the world concerning sin, righteousness, and judgment. And uh, in other words, uh, you know, the work of the Holy Spirit is to, is to bring us to an awareness of our sin. To, to see, you know, it's like a, a doctor that has to uh, tell us about the malignancy that's going on in our stomach or, you know, whatever. Uh, that, that, that malignant tumor. Right, we have to be made uh, aware of that before we, before we're going to submit to surgery, or even chemotherapy. You know, nobody's going to do that without without an, an understanding of oh, I've got something wrong with me. And the Holy Spirit does that. He brings us to an awareness of our sin, uh, and and uh, and and more than that, uh, he brings us to an awareness that the world is judged. Uh, that the ruler of this world is judged. In other words, the ruler of this world has been defeated in, in, in Christ. You know, he, says, he says, I still have many things to say to you. When he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. Right? In other words, your, when, when the Holy Spirit comes to you, when you receive the Holy Spirit, you're going to understand the gospel. And you're going to understand then what this message is that you proclaim, how you make known God's deeds among the people, and what is the word implanted which is able to save your soul. So all these lessons kind of they kind of tie in together, don't they? And uh, it's it is the substance of our song is God and His saving work. That substance is able to save our souls, and that substance is brought to us by the Holy Spirit. As, as uh, God's people have preached and the apostles have written uh, about what Jesus has done in their midst, 
as they were witnesses of all these things. And so, uh, again, we come back to the gospel and we talk about the Lord my God is my strength and my song and he has become my salvation. That's really, that's the message of the church. And that's the message of our preaching and that's the message of our singing. Uh, we know, uh, uh, Paul says, uh, uh, we are determined to know. We were determined to know nothing among you except Christ and Him crucified, right? And Christ, and, and of course, at the end of that letter, Christ and Him risen again, right? And that's that was the substance of Paul's preaching. It's the substance of the church's preaching, and it's and it's what we sing about: the death and resurrection of Jesus, right? Okay. Well, folks. Um, I realized about halfway through the program, actually when we got our first call, I realized that we uh, that we didn't uh, broadcast the phone number here, and of course it's too late now. We're we're closing the we're closing the program, but uh, uh, so I want to apologize for that. We would have liked to have heard from you if the if the uh, host would have remembered to point that out. Now you guys are going to have to. You guys are going to have to uh, remind me next time, right? <laughs> it's it's Lee's fault and it's Sean's fault that that didn't happen uh, because we are a call-in program. We do want to hear what you have to say and hear questions and all. So, okay, so next week we'll remember to do that, right, guys? Yes, sure. Okay, yes, sure. I'm going to throw you guys under the bus because okay. you know it's easier that for me that way. Okay. Okay. Well, the reason we come, by the way, the reason we do this broadcast is um, uh, Gethsemane Lutheran Church is um, is a church that's interested in you knowing what the good news is, and not only in you knowing what the good news is, but you participating in this, in the value of this good news, in the saving work of of Christ. And so well, we want to remind you, if you don't have a church home, uh, Gethsemane Lutheran Church is located at 219 East Church Street. We're between the old YMCA downtown on, uh, on Church Street and Rocky's Bicycle Shop, uh, which is kind of a landmark in Marion. Between those two buildings on the corner of Church and High Street is this church with, big church with a green dome on top. That's us. Gethsemane Lutheran Church. And we have services there, uh, 4.30 Sunday afternoon and uh, 10.30 in the morning uh, sun, uh, on Sunday. So um, if you don't have a church home and you're, uh, you want to hear uh, the good news of, of Christ's saving message, we invite you to, to uh, be with us and, uh, and to come and visit us at 219 East Church Street. Gethsemane Lutheran Church. So we thank you for your time. We're glad you joined us. We hope you'll join us again next week, Friday at 11, 12 a.m. Uh, this program will be rebroadcast Sunday morning at 9, 12 and Wednesday evening at 7, 12. And uh, we, we uh, hope you have a good week and a, a blessed weekend. Amen. Comedian Kay Ballard performing the fast food song Oh, there's one song that you like. I feel that 